Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Aaron O'Toole says he has enough support to stay on as conservative leader after his caucus gives itself the power to remove him. As leader, I am accountable. Accountable for what went well and accountable for where we fell short. I'm also accountable for where we failed in executing on our plan for Canadians. Jason Kenney makes a plea to Albertans as the Thanksgiving weekend approaches. Please follow the rules that are in place. To be blunt, no indoor social gatherings are permitted outside of a household for people who are unvaccinated. For those who are vaccinated, indoor social gatherings are limited to to two households for up to 10 people who are age 12 or older. And details emerge about the government's plan for vaccine mandates. Those are strong measures that, but I do think they have a lot of support in the general public, other than in that rump of uh, vaccine deniers who are going to claim that they're suffering from some sort of terrible discrimination. It's Wednesday, October 6th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by longtime political writer and broadcaster, Dan Legere. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Mark. So even though Parliament isn't sitting yet, and we don't know when it will be exactly, except that it'll be before the end of the fall, that's the last thing Justin Trudeau said about that, uh, we are seeing caucus meetings happening. The Conservatives met yesterday. The NDP is meeting today. So let's start with the Conservatives. And uh, they have decided uh, to invoke uh, the rule that allows them, the caucus, to remove their leader. That doesn't mean they're going to do it. But Aaron O'Toole is saying he has enough support to move forward as the leader of the party. Where do you think O'Toole stands right now after the election loss? Well, um, I can understand why Mr. O'Toole would want to put a brave face on what is fairly obvious unrest within the caucus, at least. Um, You know, leaders, no matter how much trouble they get themselves in, are always smiling and seeming confident uh, all the way as the ship hits the rocks and and breaks into a million pieces. uh, They're always still smiling. Um, actually, the smiling always throws me off because I would think I'd be mad and, and, and walking around uh, not feeling like I want to smile very much when I'm being questioned that way if I were a leader. Um, but anyway, there, there obviously is some dissent there. Um, they did, uh, you know, this Reform Act that was passed a few years ago gives all parties almost the responsibility, you know, to review leadership after elections. And the Conservatives are the only ones who seem to take it seriously. So, um, but I, I think uh, O'Toole is on a bit of a knife edge, and I think there must be a hell of a lot of backroom uh, dealing going on within the party itself. But there's a couple of interesting things going on. One is, can we win the next election with Aaron O'Toole, and is he responsible for the election loss? Was his switch from true blue during the leadership race to being a, a progressive conservative in the campaign a mistake? And then on the other hand, do we really want to go through another leadership race and and perhaps divide the party once again and bring to light all of the uh, all of the elements of the party that that need to be on side for somebody to win the leadership if there might be another election within 18 or 24 months, right? Yeah, well, that's the problem they have, uh, you know, but and also, uh, you know, there is no uh, great hope uh, standing in the wings waiting to come in and save the party. Uh, 
you know, they since Stephen Harper left, you know, uh, the uh, Andrew Shear experiment was, you know, a disaster almost, and O'Toole failed really to improve on Shear's performance, uh, even though he had less time to sort of try it out. Uh, I think if there were some, you know, savior on the, in the wings that the conservatives were all pointing to and saying he'll come in, he or she will come in and and bring us to the promised land, that the knives would be out and they'd be a lot sharper for O'Toole. Um, but I I agree. I mean, the party doesn't want to get caught in between leaders if there's an election campaign suddenly called, um, you know. And and again, who if not uh, O'Toole, then who? Uh, you know, I know there's some muttering going on. I hear about it because I'm in Nova Scotia. But, you know, bring back Peter McKay. Well, that that just doesn't seem like a strategy either. I mean, that's not the fresh face that is going to win over Canadians. And again, it's it's not, you know, conquering the right that is going to make the Conservatives the government party again. They need votes from the centre, and the Liberals own most of them now. So I, I don't know. They're... They really have a lot more to sort out than just who is the leader, if, if you ask me. Hmm. All right. Today, as I mentioned, the NDP is having its first caucus meeting since the election. And um, and reports say Jagmeet Singh, the leader, is going to tell caucus that Indigenous rights are the biggest priority for the party in this next parliament. What do you make of that? Well, uh, you know, the NDP not unlike the Conservatives, is a bit of a crossroads. Um, they seem to be, the rank and files uh, seems to be solidly in support of Jagmeet Singh, as far as we can tell. Um, you know, so I guess if they're not going to argue over who's going to be the leader, and again, this is another party that doesn't have a, a new leader waiting in the wings, uh, you know, available to, to run anytime soon. They have exactly the same problem uh, in terms of dealing with the leadership and the potential for another election in a fairly uh, short order. And I think the, the party, it's a policy party, right? I mean, the NDP loves having policies on everything, and that's what their members fervently care about, and they have a lot of wonky people in that party who who really enjoy... Uh, the whole uh, exploration of new policies and, and bringing them through. So uh, I, I do think that the NDP is kind of in, pardon the pun, but, you know, they're sort of in sync with uh, uh, with a lot of Canadians who feel that more has to be done on the Indigenous file and, and that the Liberals have talked a better game perhaps than they've actually carried out on that. So, uh, you know, there's probably some political opportunities there, too. And it could be something to rally the troops around within the NDP. I, it's not a gigantic seat winner, I don't think, but uh, there's no election on right now anyway. All right, let's turn to the situation with COVID. And Jason Kenney, the Alberta Premier, is asking Albertans to stay in and, and not gather and follow the guidelines on Thanksgiving weekend. Um, he's not the only leader or health official who is encouraging people to, to do that. There was a poll that came out earlier this week showing Kenny's approval rating is incredibly low right now. Um, so uh, can Jason Kenny recover from this and can Alberta get back on track after, after so many cases of COVID in, in the last few weeks? Yeah, well... Kenny can't get back into uh, favor with Albertans, I don't think, until uh, there's really significant uh, movement on the pandemic. 
And, uh, you know, uh, there's some very preliminary, slightly encouraging uh, signs, uh, you know, in terms of cases and things like that. But again, Kenny is going around saying, yes, we're going to bring in new measures, but he's doing it months and months after almost every other province and the federal government uh, has done this sort of thing. He's had to backtrack on 80 percent of all his, his comments and his positions on COVID and on public health. Uh, measures. So he really is just floundering around seemingly with no ideas other than doing things that he should have been doing months and months ago. Um, you know, so again, he's another leader who's not threatened with an immediate uh, uh, general election, but there's obviously a lot of muttering within his own caucus. And um, and he has the dual problem of not only as the caucus mad at him for not protecting the public from COVID, but some of the caucus want him to be even more lax and make even more of these terrible decisions that he's made all along that have that have caused the, the pandemic to become so acute in Alberta. So, you know, I, I just don't see how he's going to get out of it. Everything he does is now too little too late. And Albertans are paying the price, and they're going to figure that out, and they're going to blame Jason Kenney. That's why his poll ratings are at almost subterranean levels, uh, as we saw this week. All right. Speaking of COVID, Dan, we're expecting to hear today uh, the government's plans, the federal government's plans on making COVID-19 vaccines mandatory in the public service and also for people traveling on airplanes and trains within Canada Uh, The Prime Minister is expected to make an announcement about that. There's a report in the Globe and Mail saying that public servants who aren't fully vaccinated will be forced to take unpaid leave. Um, What do you expect from this announcement? Well, uh, you know, I think these are measures that have been telegraphed well in advance, even before the last uh, election a few weeks ago, that the uh, Trudeau government was planning to go this route in terms of mandatory vaccination in the public service and on, on you know, public uh, travel like uh, planes and, and trains and whatnot. Um, so all these things are going to happen sometime this month. Uh, and we are supposed to get some details later. I think around 11 a.m. It's what's being reported that Trudeau and uh, and uh, Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland will uh, hold a news conference at 11 a.m. to go into this in more detail. Uh, but yeah, I mean, telling people they're going to have to take unpaid leave or or uh, you know requiring vaccine uh, passports, uh, for lack of a better term, on on uh, on flights and interprovincial trains. Um, those are strong measures that, but I do think they have a lot of support in the general public, other than in that rump of uh, vaccine deniers who are going to claim that they're suffering from some sort of terrible discrimination. So, you know, these are all things we've expected, and uh, you know, but we'll get the details today. And you know, I do. I don't think they'll have a lot of trouble from the other parties implementing this because uh, there's nothing to be gained in going offside with the fight against pandemic. Yeah. All right. Great stuff, Dan. Thank you so much for joining okay. us today. Okay, Mark. That's longtime political writer and broadcaster Dan Legere. As leader, I am accountable. Accountable for what went well, and accountable for where we fell short. Now. Here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, Tasha Carradine argues weak leadership has led Justin Trudeau to Tofino and Aaron O'Toole into trouble. 
Keridan writes, It's shaping up to be a tough week for the leaders of both Canada's new government and the opposition. Knives have been flying both inside and outside their parties, albeit over very different issues. The lesson in both cases is that leadership demands authenticity. A real leader practices what he preaches and asks others to do as he does, not as he says. A real leader doesn't change his spots to get support. He uses the power of persuasion to bring the support to him. Fail to do either, and eventually you will end up falling on your sword. In the Toronto Star, Lisa Raitt and Anne McClellan argue Canadians need a clearly articulated and ambitious economic plan. They write, Beyond the short-term disruptions and structural changes arising from the pandemic, the government must tackle long-standing challenges, such as lagging productivity growth, an aging population, and the future of our energy and natural resources sector. The decisions we make now will shape our future for generations. We need a focused plan to strengthen economic growth, promote innovation, encourage investment, and accelerate the transition to a greener future. At cbc.ca, Ilan Kogan argues the government's proposed online harms legislation threatens our human rights. Kogan writes, The proposed legislation reads like a list of the most widely condemned policy ideas globally. Elsewhere, these ideas have been vigorously protested by human rights organizations and struck down as unconstitutional. The problem is not the government's intention. The problem is the government's solution. It creates far more problems than it solves, and reads as a collection of the worst policy ideas introduced around the world in the past decade. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda today. As we mentioned, the Prime Minister will be making an announcement today. He'll be joined by Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland. We expect that will be about mandatory vaccines in the federal public service and also on planes and trains in Canada. The NDP caucus will meet in Ottawa for the first time since the election. And Small Business Minister Mary Ng is attending the OECD Ministerial Council and WTO Ministerial Meetings in France. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, October the 6th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.